special from the stacks episode of house things a podcast from the david a Howe public library now there's no regularly scheduled episode this week but i thought i might just check in and tell you about some of the things we have coming up from 2021 and uh take a listen into the all the book show spin-off comic book coffee break that i do with eric nichols for the radio meanwhile network uh, I'm excited to uh, kick off 2021 because I've got a series of interviews coming up for House Things. The first is one from Don Daneman, who is uh, an original member of the group The Circle. So you probably know The Circle from their hits Red Rubber Ball, Turn Down Day, uh, and others. They also toured extensively with the Beatles and just have a really fascinating history as a band during a time in music history, which is always fascinating to me and the interview was a lot of fun we really we get pretty in depth about the the history of the circle and really just kind of the scene uh, of rock music in the in the 1960s i also have an interview coming up with jason fry who has written many things including uh, star wars novels uh, the jupiter pirate series uh, as well as a recent minecraft book which my son is very excited about so uh, that was also a great conversation as well we've got a, a kind of an end of year 2020 wrap that I'm going to be doing with Sally Jacoby Murphy, who's been a regular correspondent for the All the Book Show. She's going to be making her House Things debut as we go through some of our favorite books and movies, and I'll be talking a little about graphic novels for 2020. So all of that's coming up ahead. Right now, I thought we'd listen into episode 26 of Comic Book Coffee Break. So my old pal, Eric Nichols, uh, who, who co-hosted the All the Book Show for many years with me, he and I started this show, Comic Book Coffee Break, for the Radio Meanwhile Network at the height of the pandemic when we both were reading tons and tons of comic books just for something light and fun uh, to get through what felt like a very bleak time. And so, you know, we were constantly like trimming things out with a bookmark for the All the Book Show or just picking the things that were the best. And one day we were like, let's just have a conversation about comic books and you know and we'll put it out there so we did that separately but we always sort of viewed it as a spin-off of the all the book show so in this episode which was recorded on december 13th we talk all about uh you know what we've been reading that week in comic books and we have a recurring segment where i pull one of the one of the comic books from my childhood so i would always go to the comic book store you know with a dollar and dig down to the quarter bins underneath the regular racks and just pull whatever interested me and so my my long boxes of old comic books are just completely filled with random things, you know, middle parts of series. Um, just I happen to like a cover or like, oh, that, that looks interesting. So I grab it without any sort of context. So for the quarter bin segment, I just pull one at random or we just dig into it and see what it was. This week we look at a plastic man from the 1970s and it is uh, absurd. Sometimes I think it's trying to be, sometimes I'm not so sure. So anyway, uh, take a listen to this episode of Comic Book Coffee Break. And since it's the holidays and I'm sentimental already, I'm going to play some old school music as well. Thanks for joining us at our Comic Book Coffee Break. I'm Nick Gunning. And I'm Eric Mickles. I'm not ready. Just kidding, I am. Oh. <laughs> also known online as Dusk vs. Tweak. Yeah, for a long time now. You know, Eric, I'm drinking Copper Moon's Blast Off Blend. It's pretty good. And do you are you are, do you peep this mug? Look at this. This is, is a Mickey's the... Christmas Carol. Yeah. Mickey's Christmas Carol mug. I got this at a thrift store like mm-hmm. ten years ago. It's my most prized possession. I noticed that the sat- the satanic version of Pete as Ghost huh. of Christmas yet to come isn't there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it would take away That's some funny. Of the warmth. 
in the storybook, he really is dressed like Satan. But in the actual movie, he's just got the hood and everything. He's so scary. He was he scary in that. He was, yeah. We were trying to come yeah. up with a Super Mario Brothers version of Christmas Carol. And huh. I can't decide if it's Wario or Bowser who is Scrooge in this situation. Because the other oh. one, I feel like, would have to be Ghost of Christmas yet to come. Yeah. I think I think Bowser. You, I, th- I thought that too, because... Yeah bowser has the koopa kids and they could yeah. take they could all take the role of his nephew yeah Fred. yeah, yeah they could all yeah. be like i would watch it sure yeah, mario is bob cratchit kendra thinks yeah. toad has to be uh ghost of christmas past yeah that but i think sense. if yeah but also you have baby bowser so maybe baby mm. baby bowser could be ghost of christmas past toad could be no present. I, I think you gotta go with toad i mean so are you doing who you doing is jacob marley Oh, that's I feel like Lu- Luigi's got the build, but the relationship's not there. Yeah, so, yeah, that's true. You know, it's hard to say. I don't know. There's got to be someone. I mean, there's all those, like, Lakitus and... Yeah. Kipas. Yeah. Huh. Anyway, what else do we say after we introduce our name? I usually say this show's brought to you by the Radio Meanwhile Network. Yeah, and you can find more about this show and others like it on our network's website, radiomeanwhile.com. On what are the other shows on radiomeanwhile.com? 9021, here we go. We just recorded our annual Christmas special, which is coming out on the 17th of December. We looked at the movie USS Christmas, and it was uh, it was a journey. Mm-hmm. It was a journey, and I think we're better having watched the movie now. So listen into that. Even if you're not a fan of 90210, that's just a, that's just a fun takedown of a Hallmark Christmas movie. Mm, yeah. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Here is the place where we talk comics, so let's get comics. to it. Ah. How was your week in comics? Are you still reading comic books that you hate, or have we cycled away from that? I read a various amount of comic books, various types. Yes or no? Of likes Just or no. Yes or no. Are you still reading dislikes? comic books that you hate? I did not read a hard some question. comic books I didn't like, yes. And let me ask you this follow-up question. Did you read those comic books going into it knowing that you would not like them? I mean, I read Wicked and Divine Volume 7. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> it's not that I... Gosh, I don't... Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing... But I, at this point, I've just got two volumes left, and I've got them with me. Yeah. I don't remember what happened in this volume. I read hmm. it Monday. Well, that's not a good sign. Monday or Tuesday. I have a similar one that, that I read. I mean, I won't get into it now, but I was I was writing it in the doc to tell you the ones I read, and I was like, I don't... Yeah. I couldn't tell you what happened in this, so that's not great. But anyway, uh, what? so what's first on your docket? Oh, maybe is this the one where we find out... The past setup, like how everything got set up with like there's a rules to the way these gods will be fighting or something. Mm-hmm. And maybe the character we've been following is s- different than the character we thought we were following. And everybody was in a cage at one point and then they get out of a cage. Yeah. I there's, mean, that seems on brand. There's some characters living underground. I don't remember what happened in this, but I do okay. remember being kind of interested and then not interested. Okay. Sometimes there's well, so at least stuff I get into. At least into. you were kind of interested. That's yeah. something. Uh, I don't know what to say about it. I, I'm i just along for the ride at this point. There's two more volumes. I thought I was going to finish it this week, but they're thick volumes and I didn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I read them on my lunch break because they tend to mm-hmm. fill out the lunch break. So yeah, we'll finish it next week. Wicked and Divine by Karen Gillan and Jamie McKelvey. So you got two more volumes of this thing you don't like, and you're going to see it. At this point, I'd, oh, it'd be crazy if I read seven volumes and didn't read the last two. I agree. I, I mean, agree you've with you. have done that once yeah. or twice with something, right? 
I've watched every episode of How I Met Your Mother, and that show stopped being good at the halfway point. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Lost fans. I but see, here's the thing. How I Met Your Mother, no. you enjoyed it the first half. Yeah. I never enjoyed this. That's a good point. What's That's an example? I guess this is closer to Gotham, but at some point, Gotham did turn around, and I was enjoying it. So I don't mm. know what to say. I don't know. I don't know. There's other stuff I haven't liked. I'm like, I'm never reading this again. I don't know why I kept going. I guess I thought it would yeah. get better. And it never yeah. did. And then I was just too in. I was just too into it. I kept thinking the water would get shallow again eventually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then before you mm-hmm. know it, I'm drowning and swallowing seawater. In a, in a weird coincidence, I w- I've been listening to our, our podcast, The All the Book Show, you know. And at one point, I just I just was got way behind. So I'm still like listening to some back episodes that we did forever ago. And I was just listening to episode 200, where you were talking about having just finished Gotham. And how you and author David Dvorkin bonded on Twitter about how terrible it was. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you said Gotham had negatively rewired your brain. So I'm just wondering, did it ever untangle? I don't think so. I think okay. it's still there. Sometimes I things I say something or I think something, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's a post-Gotham Gotham thought. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a new Gotham world. It's just um, too much, yeah. It did rewire my brain in a negative way. In a way that even yeah. my therapist was like, halfway through the series, she's like, maybe you should just stop watching this show. I'm like, no! <laughs> it's a Batman show! Hey, there are novels. Do you want me to get... Oh, no, Christmas is coming no, up. No, Do you want no, me to get... No. I'd be happy to. I would be happy to. I'm, done. I'm out of the world pleasure. of Gotham. It would be my pleasure. Yeah. Thinking of speaking of watching things that are dumb, I want to talk to you about something that I watched, and that is a DVD copy of Transformers. Yeah, I let the this last slide night. because it's based. This is these have been comic books. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I Otherwise, figured, I know, would never want to talk about the last night. I know you don't want to talk about it, but you know, I mean, we have some history together on uh, the Transformers. Did we ever watch a Transformers movie together in theaters? No, I don't think we have any history with these. Well, the only history. Battleship. <laughs> no, the only history we have together is when we were recording uh, the Island of Doctor Moreau. Yes, three nice that's things. That's the history, and then you that turned on the fourth movie. That movie upset me so much that I turned on. What's the, what's that one called? The Age of one? Extinction. Age of Extinction. Yeah. Age of Extinction. Which okay. I had watched, and it yeah. felt like the longest movie in my life. Yes. Well, okay. So I mean, I watched all three of the first Transformer movies at a drive-in theater, like as they came out. The first one I think is decent. The second one I think is racist, and the third one I think is terrible. Then I didn't watch the next two, and I watched Bumblebees in theaters, and I'm like, that was just fine. But after that, after that Island of Dr. Moreau, I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch Transformers Age of Extinction. And that one I watched over the course of like three days, so it was like a TV miniseries for me. And it has some redeeming qualities. It has some good action, and like I like Marky Mark, so it's fine. This one, I can't. I've got... I, there's nothing good that I can say about it. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm happy to hear that. I was worried about nothing. you with this one. <laughs> nothing. Yeah. I just don't. I mean, it is so long. Mm-hmm. It's so very long. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like when you break it down, when you think about it, it's like Optimus Prime comes back evil. And like, that could be cool. That could be a cool story. And they have this whole like subterranean. They have to go underwater and then like underground. So there's like mini sub trying to find these like ancient submerged transformers. And in that moment, I was like, okay, this is cool. Marky Mark gets, like, an augment so he can, like, make a sword appear and, like, sword fight Transformers. And I'm Great. like, there's a there's a world in which that could be fun, but this is not that world. You know who I've so, never needed to see hold a sword? Mark Wahlberg. Marky Mark? He's not the guy another, that you hand a sword to. Another weird thing is in the Age of Extinction, Stanley Tucci plays a pretty big role as a quasi-villainous character. This one starts during the time of King Arthur, and Stanley Tucci is there playing Merlin... 
but it has nothing to do with his character from the previous movie, and it was just very confusing. Also, Anthony Hopkins is in this movie. Like, what? I, I don't... Yeah. I don't understand. I don't understand these movies at all. And I don't really know like what comes next. So I don't Nothing. know. Do you have a Nothing favorite? Do you have a favorite of the Transformers series? Of these movies? Yes. No. I mean, the first one, yes. I enjoyed the first one so much yeah. that when it was over and I saw another movie, I had been wishing it was the first Transformers movie. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. To be fair, that was licensed to wed. and oh, I, You yeah, love that movie. No. Uh, Every and I, time I turn around, it's right there. It's I did your... see the first Transformers uh, a second time in theaters and had a good time okay. with that. And uh, yeah. yeah, I thought it, it was bad, but also kind of good. And yeah. then I hit, obviously, yes, the second one is terrible, but I actually had a fun time at the third movie, but I haven't ever rewatched it. Yeah. So, but I like one of the songs from, I like a piece of music from the third one. I don't think that I've seen a single one of the Transformer movies more than once. Yeah, that's probably so. Fair. That's anyway, but I'm done now. I've yeah. seen them all because I watched the last night. Congratulations. I put that really low on the list. But I, like I said, mm-hmm. Age of Extinction had some moments where I was like, yeah, okay, Marky Mark, let's do this. You what's, got your good vibration. What's let's a, what's a, <laughs> I don't think he what? likes you bringing that up. Why not? I, I think he hates when you bring a funky bunch. The funky bunch? Yeah, no. I'm not, I don't think he's a fan. What well, is a comic you read? Oh, you want to talk about a comic? Yeah. Well, all right. I guess we can do that. <laughs> Uh, I finished The Eternals by one Jack Kirby, mm-hmm. and this is 19 issues. I'd read the first volume a while back, and while the first volume I felt like was actually a little bit more structured and coherent than some of the like real out-there Kirby stuff tends to be, like you had a real, like there's The Eternals, there's The Celestials, you know, like you had a whole thing. That made sense to me. I didn't particularly like it. But it was interesting, and it was sort of like, okay, let's see where this goes. The second volume, to me, was incoherent. Like, I I don't, hmm. I couldn't tell you what happened in this. And also, the Incredible Hulk shows up, and it is yeah. so jarring. Oh. And possibly it's a Hulk robot. I don't know. The hmm. point is, having Hulk there, I feel like, only made the weirdness of the Eternals that much more in your face. Hmm. So, the story was incoherent, and, like, the fight with Hulk kind of, it took up a lot of time. It didn't feel super connected to the story. And when it was over, I was kind of like, what was that all about? Mm. So the conclusion of this kind of made me like the first volume even less. I, I'm oh, I'm not a big Eternals else. fan. All right. That's, okay. that's where I'm coming out of this. I've never read the Neil Gaiman stuff. And I've never read that. There's been a couple of Eternals miniseries and stuff. Right. I've never particularly like latched onto those. I actually think Denny O'Neill's Iron Man was the first time I ever was introduced to the Eternals. Mm. I don't know. It's hard to imagine that being a movie, especially like in the in the cinematic universe. So I guess we'll uh, see what happens. Yeah. But this was kind of a thumbs Maybe. down. For me. Who knows? Who knows what the future holds for any movies? Good point. 2020 Good point. is just the year of uh, cast announcements and logo reveals. That's yeah. the only thing we've yep. had for movies this year. Oh, my gosh. I know. All those those Disney things. It was like I couldn't even oh, keep yeah. up with it. I guess... like, how many series? Yeah, oh my gosh. Of, did you see I somebody I was gonna bring this up with you. Uh we don't have to talk long if you don't want to, but you are constantly trying to be a Fantastic Four fan. It's like <laughs> it's something you've tried for well, years. Almost as long as I've I known have, you, you have yes. tried to get to the point where you should be like, I like the Fantastic Four. Um never been able to. They've announced a new Fantastic Four movie. The guy who's done the new Spider Man movies is directing it. I don't know. Yeah. How how do you feel? 
The only thing, like, I really, truly really think the only thing that I would be genuinely excited about is if they announced they were doing, like, a, 1960s, a period yeah. 1960s Fantastic Four. I would be mm-hmm. all about that. Just hearing that, like, another group of tweens is going to come and be the Fantastic Four, oh, I don't no. know. I, no, I have trouble caring about that. Okay, I was wondering. I yeah. I don't know. I just, I mean, I ended up buying the Tim Story Fantastic Four movies on Blu-ray. They came in a double pack. Because I was like, yeah. I don't think they're ever going to get better than this. <laughs> Probably not. So Probably maybe not. they will, but yeah, I yeah. don't know. I And like you, yeah, it's like, unless the Fantastic Four are the first, it's hard to care. Yeah. So. Oh, so they're all related to each other and they drive around in a space car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They just fit in I, this world I like where like. I less when they have kids. Like we're in, we're, we're in like the Franklin Richards era. I'm just like. But you can no, relate to you. them now. Oh, I know I can. Yeah. yeah. It, what, yeah. Your son is kind of like Franklin, always getting into trouble. Yeah. X-Men are always trying to be like, he's a mutant. He needs to join yeah. us. They're like, leave him you alone. And I have a brother and you are my best friend, but you're Rocky emotionally like the <laughs> oh thing. You know what I mean? Like your heart's uh-huh. a stone. So it's uh-huh. like it all kind of uh, right. it all kind of gels. I'm not super excited about it. I have to say I genuinely thought it was a joke <laughs> when I saw a tweet that was like Hayden Christensen returns as Darth uh, Vader. Yeah. I was like, oh, good. Well, finally. You know, <laughs> actually, but that's true. That's a fact. I thought like that's weird. He's coming back as Vader. But somebody pointed out like it's all it's for the Kenobi show. So he's probably coming yeah. back in flashbacks. Yeah, which I thought maybe. made more sense. So yeah, we'll just have to de-age him. Maybe not. Maybe he'll be in the Vader outfit. Sorry. Yeah, maybe. yeah, you don't care about the prequel stuff. So. Uh, not particularly. Yeah. I mean, I'll watch. I'll watch a new and McGregor Star Wars yeah. show definitely. But well, that was not one. My issue with most Star Wars stuff is that it's always centered around the three movies, and yeah. they have not <laughs> diverted yeah. from that at all. That's true. Uh, do you I care about also... Rogue Squadron? Not particularly. Okay. I don't know. You know, honestly, I, I guess I just feel like I'm a little done with Star Wars movies. You know, yeah. like. You got your the Mandalorian, one super I think... terrible movie that you love more than anything and burnt the rest of us into the ground. And now you're good. Now you're fine. Steve, now that we're just a radioactive shadow. I know it's not what you, I didn't do anything. No, you're just the person I can verbally attack right now. Because I like The Force Awakens? Is that no, what the third about? one. Okay. I... No, it's fine. I, it's fine. I don't want to fight about Last Jedi. Okay. Not Last Jedi, right. the other one. I don't want to yeah, fight about Rise the new Skywalker. ones. But yeah. yes, you were saying The Mandalorian and stuff. I don't know why, just just that I feel like The Mandalorian shouldn't have worked, but somehow did. But to go from, like, The Mandalorian to 10 Star Wars shows, that's good. I don't know. To me, it's like we're getting into CW TV era, you know, where everything's just going to coalesce into There is a lot. crossovers. There's and, too many. There's too yeah. many to pay attention to. I don't. I was never, I mean, I know I know Rogue One is like high on everyone's list, and it was never one that really like appealed too much to me. I'm That's the show I'm maybe most puzzled about, the, the Cassian Andor prequel. Oh, yeah. I guess it's just like two things now where you know he ends up dead. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't really, I don't know. I don't get it. Are it's there any everything. other shows? Uh, I mean, I know. I'll see. It, it all depends on, like, I thought I was excited for The Mandalorian, and then it became a very different show. Mm. And it's just hard. It's like, boy, I can't wait to see how all these characters interact in the movies. Oh, wait. I know. They yeah. don't. Right. <laughs> so, I don't know. We'll see. All right. Any, let's talk comics. Oh, right. Frick. Well, I, I said The Eternals. What yes, do you want to talk right. about? I read Wonder Woman Dead Earth. I'll talk about something I liked. Hey, okay. Yeah, yeah. Hey, now let me ask you. Did because... you just become an early, like, 60s Disney musical? You just became the parent trap. Hey, hey, oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> Let's yeah. Let's get together. <laughs> no, 
I I want to know if because uh, you thought I was crazy when I said that it would it would sit well on a shelf with uh, like Frank Miller's Dark Knight and stuff. What what did you think about that? Oh my you? gosh, I think I even said that in my review on Goodreads. Really? I, yeah. So more power you to you there. This kind of thing. I said. Daniel Johnson has made a pretty strong competitor for The Dark Knight Returns when it comes to Elseworld Futures. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's not its not like it seems like those two go together, but I feel no. like they sort of occupy a similar space. Yeah, yeah, this, I mean, it's, uh, this this book is crazy. If, yeah. uh, so what is, uh, da, 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 under the DC Black Label, this is by Daniel Warren Johnson, who also does the art then? I think so. Um... If if he's not inspired by '80s anime, I'll eat my Incredible Hulk T-shirt right yeah. now. It's crazy. It it feels just like that. It reminds me of like Fist of the North Star, a little bit of Akira when it comes to the body horror. It like the the lettering has this crazy punk rock kind of feel to yeah. it. Very underground comic stylings has like I... a a future like post apocalyptic Conan the Barbarian feel mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. I think a complaint that I have a lot, you know, it, it, whether in anything, when in, in any media, novels, movies, graphic novels, mm-hmm. I hate when there's when when tonally things don't all go together. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's about the highest compliment I can give this mm. one that everything everything from the art to the yep. story to the lettering, everything about it is yep. completely cohesive. And so, like, like it or not, it is a very well put together yeah. uh, piece of piece of work here. Yeah, and I I've, this. I've only read it. I got an advanced screener right. copy with the watermark, you know, mm-hmm. and everything. So I'm really looking forward to uh, when my library gets in the uh, the full size. Yeah, the hardcover hard was nice. Think, yeah, nice panels. The art really popped. Yeah. There's flashbacks to how the world got like this that are good. There's some twists mm-hmm. that I did mm-hmm. not see coming. Yeah, yeah, I had a good time. This it really. Do- You're right. You were right to say Dark Knight Returns because it feels like Wonder Woman's Dark Knight Returns. Yeah in a lot of ways but not in a way that feels like oh they're just trying to be the dark dark knight returns no it's like you said it's just occupying that space but it's its own yeah. crazy yeah. unique thing reading this like as a superman fan reading this made me all the more frustrated that all we have you know to, to sort of occupy that same level of things is, is frank miller's superman year one like i want i want a superman story that could sort of go with this and that's you know i feel like you could say all-star superman but all-star superman is yeah. much longer yeah. And it's it's still more like traditional Superman. Mm-hmm. Like it mm-hmm. it kind of has like a finality to it, but it's not yeah, it's not the same kind of like Superman's like this earth is crazy now. Mm-hmm. So I was on the fence and and again, like my visually mine wasn't ideal to be figuring this out. What did you think as far as Wonder Woman's age? Like how old I she was supposed to be? Well, I couldn't tell if we were going for sort of a teenagey vibe or if she was supposed to be like a full-fledged no, I think like, she, Wonder yeah, Woman. I think she's supposed to be a full-fledged Wonder Woman because of okay. her interaction with the League and everything. That's true. Um, yeah. yeah. I guess just her... the art sometimes made it seem, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, the art has – she kind of has like those big Disney-esque guys sometimes. Yeah. Um, and you know what it made me think of? Was it just last week where we did the Commandy for the – no, it was two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Two weeks ago on Comic Book sure. Coffee Break, we did Commandy as a uh, – as the quarter bin yeah. and it also had some of a commandy vibe to it as well i think just the the post-apocalyptic yeah. setup and this, some of the looks had that you you say frustrated about superman this makes me frustrated that i, I read this i'm like oh hey it's a dc black label that isn't batman or the joker mm-hmm. or yeah. harley quinn right uh, yeah. and then i look at the things that are coming i'm like oh they're all that again the ones that are coming i can't i can't yeah i mean i'll read them all i just got I just put uh, my library copy of Batman Three Jokers is waiting for me at the library right mm. now. 
Well, you know, it's kind of like the DC animated movies. They make yeah. the one Wonder Woman with Carrie Russell. Mm-hmm. And because it wasn't like as high selling as some of the Superman, Batman that that came before it was just like scrap it we're not going yeah. to invest in this at all just yeah. batman 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 yeah no this is this, this is sweet. Deal. Uh, yeah i agree well i'm glad you liked it that's cool uh what else you read nick well i guess i'll stick with marvel then for a second this is the one that i truly can't remember much about i finished off the uh ed brubaker captain america and not the one that everybody likes this one to me feels like an afterthought I don't know. It, yeah, it is weird that he stuck around to do this because they're just so different than what he's done, but also boring yeah. to what he's done. Yeah. This, to me, feels like when you're reading a long run and it's like you go from one one creative team for like 40 issues and then you have like, okay, well, the new team's not going to come in for another five or six issues, so we just need somebody to kind of like bridge this gap. That's what this entire four-volume series felt like was that little like – don't make any impacts on the character. Don't change the paradigms too much. Just get us through until we start the new wave. But, I mean, this was a number one. This wasn't like it was continuing. Like, they started this series. Mm-hmm. And to me, it was just a spinning wheel the whole time. I, I don't have anything good to say about it. I guess I don't really have anything bad to say about it. It was just I, kind of a waste of time. I did write something about it saying that it's not great, but I did like that the 1950s Captain America had a nice send-off. Yeah, I don't remember any of that in context, but apparently yeah. that's how I felt when I read this. Yeah, I mean, it's it's dealing with, with issues from, from that era, certainly. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, a, a big Hydro presence and things. And so, yeah, I mean, I guess I could see why you'd say that. But it just, to me, I don't know. Especially because I've been also, you know, reading off like the classic Stanley. Uh, reading through the Marvel masterworks of Captain America, that stuff is just so much more interesting. So to be, you know, all these years later reading this thing, it's just sort of like, and then Hydra shows up and Captain America throws his shield mm-hmm. for, you know, whatever this was, 20, 25 issues was, was uh, not great. So mm-hmm. I'm not really sure where to go from here, Captain America wise, because I've read some of the stuff where it's like, oh no, he was really a Hydra agent the whole time. Uh, I've read some of that. I've read some of the Sam Wilson Captain America, but I haven't like gotten from there to Sam taking over yet. I haven't gotten to the point where Steve's aging picks up again. Like I, so I'm not really sure what happens Doesn't in between. Doesn't Mark Wade take over? Is that where I'm at next? And I, John I mean, I trust you. The art? I think that's where I trust I read you next. on all Marvel things. Okay, well then I'll do it. Um, I've uh, always been a Captain America Z. fan. Yeah. you know, just sort of like abstractly, probably dating back from the old cartoon and the movie. And the movie, yes, yeah. that Matt Salinger movie that I watched constantly that we would check out from Blockbuster all the time. But I, I just, not until like the last several months have I really like read it with any sort of diligence. So I'm having a good time with it, but I'm preferring the old stuff to mm. certainly to this run. Gotcha. I read a book called Witches. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about witches. They tend to now, get stitches. Is that spelled the traditional way? No. Oh, it's uh, W-Y-T-C-H-E-S. Oh, okay. So you know it's serious, though. Yeah. Witches! <laughs> um, this is by Scott Snyder, and the artist is Jacques, or Jacques? You can't, qu- you can't quit Scott Snyder. I don't know. You can't. You can't. I like his stuff. You can't. I think he's done for Batman, but I still like his stuff. Well... Okay. Maybe more or less. I liked American Vampire, but he's like given <laughs> up on that forever. Okay. All right. Um, which is, is just a story. It's like six issues. I'm glad it doesn't continue because I wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to keep reading it because it right. is a bit too creepy for me. 
Oh, and okay. Though he did, you don't really deal with witches in this. It's really like just monsters in mm-hmm. there that have some connection to witches. Basically, the idea is that this family promises a child to these witches or these creatures in the what, woods. What kind of setting are we talking about? Is it like modern day? Is it old timey? It's, it's modern day. It's, it centers okay. around a family, uh, a husband and wife trying to raise their daughter who uh, had a terrible experience. Maybe she killed someone. Maybe she didn't. Uh, oh. Where we find out throughout the book. And the dad is trying to get that. But meanwhile, she's being haunted by these witch creatures. Okay. Um, but yeah, the art is creepy at times. The setting is creepy. Once it was over, I was like, well, I never want to read that again. <laughs> or this series. And he hasn't continued it. Scott Snyder seems to have almost like a, now I'm going to mm. be doing this. It's like, are you ever going to finish American Vampire? What? Oh, mm. right. Sure. I'll write this. Oh, wait. What if witches were monsters? Hmm. it's spooky i'd suggest this for like a halloween read or something but don't go in expecting like witches okay people dealing with witches Mm -hmm. so well you know how i love a good seasonal read i think this might be too spooky for you okay i think all right we'll see it was too it was too creepy for me seriously once this was over because it's good it's set in like litchfield new hampshire or i don't know if that's a real town uh but it's set in new hampshire it has this creepy vibe it's something that like the quality of both the writing and the art are good that you'd want to follow it but i wouldn't want to follow it because it was so spooky Mm-hmm. so same reason i never kept reading lock and key after reading the first volume like yeah yeah scary Mm -hmm. so sorry joe hill yeah no thanks mister boy let's dad to edit (laughs) (laughs) save it for next halloween eric are we getting now listen are we gonna do another stephen king halloween book as we've done every year for the past seven years or do we need to move on and pick a new author i think we could still fit in a king okay yeah all right Let's talk DC for a minute, because I did read a few DC things. One is called The Flash, The Silver Age, Volume 1. And this is a this is a massive collection of, of Silver Age Flash. Uh-huh. And it was actually pretty good. I've had this, I bought this from Barnes & Noble, like on my nook forever ago. They were doing, they were doing, I was going to say a flash sale. <laughs> but they were doing, they had like a quick little like weekend sale of DC Comics. And so this was like four dollars or something like that, but it's like four hundred pages of like early Flash stories. So I've had it forever, mm-hmm. and this was one that I downloaded onto my phone. So if I'm just like trying to kill time or something, I would read through. So I've actually been sort of reading through this one for months now, but I finished it up, and it's good. You know, it feels a lot more cohesive than you know even even some of the mainstream like more mainstream titles like Superman or even Batman at the time. Um, it still has that Silver Age goofiness to it, but it's a little bit more because Barry's a Barry's a scientist, you know, so it's just a little bit more grounded. I feel like uh-huh. um, he's he's just an ordinary forensic scientist to the yeah, rest of the world, is. anyway. <laughs> right? Yeah. But this has basically the introduction of all the rogues. It has the introduction of Kid Flash. It has a lot of really like landmark issues mm-hmm. of the series. And it was interesting to see the rogues pop up for the first time because that's one thing I feel like any, anybody who reads Flash comics or is familiar with the character, the, the rogues gallery for Flash is always put up there pretty high. Yeah. And while reading this, it kind of dawned on me that I feel like that's just because they stuck with them, you know? like yeah. Because reading them, reading the first, like Captain Cold or Mirror Master or whatever, reading the first one to me didn't really feel any different than 
many of Superman's one-off villains. Mm-hmm. You know, during this time, it was like every week you'd get some crazy new like supervillain to come and fight Superman, but they never invested in them. That's why Superman only basically has Lex, mm-hmm. you know, Lex, Parasite, Toy Man, I guess you want to put in there. Like, it's not a big group, Brainiac, of Superman's, you know, rogues. And I think it's because they never really, like, let those simmer. It would mm-hmm. be like, one, done, one, done. Mm-hmm. Whereas Flash would take these characters that their origins are really on par with some of these others that uh, that didn't stick around. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, I mean, they just kept bringing them back. And that's, yeah. I think, how we got, that's how we got how we are. And there's not really much of a hierarchy either. You know, when you compare it to, like, Batman, you know, obviously it's like the Joker, you know, and then, like, a sort of a pyramid coming down. Mm-hmm. But who, who would you say is Flash's, like primary nemesis see i don't even know which reverse flash i would be talking about in this situation yeah. either is it i there's reverse flash and there's zoom right so whichever one i'm talking about is the one i would say but that's just because they're like you know the opposites thing yeah uh but even see, that like, is just like yeah. he's just he's more like he'd be to flash what like rachel ghoul is to batman he's like right. the big one who can take batman right because he's just so much he's got so many more resources than the others so yeah i don't know who would be like his joke i mean captain cold seems to be the one that's positioned as like the leader of the rogues yeah but i mean he's just a guy with an ice gun i would almost give it to grod you know oh. if i was gonna say <laughs> who like the primary flash that's villain funny. is I, yeah. just because i feel like the grod stories kind of like hit flash was on the a more first el- one elemental level they used in the justice league cartoon yeah the flash villains was Gorilla yeah. Grodd. So the Grodd introductory stories were were really interesting. They yeah. felt very different mm. than, you know, the current Grodd stories. The mm. the way they all came about, I don't know, it was it was more of a Planet of the Apes kind of vibe than mm. than what you get later on, but I liked this, you yeah. know? I mean, I think if you are not used to Silver Age comics, you probably wouldn't like this, though mm. if you wanted to get into Silver Age comics, I would recommend this over Superman or Batman. Sure. Because I think it's just the storytelling is is stronger, mm-hmm. uh, better, you know, faster. Um, yeah, but Flash, I think you know, Flash is able to really have its own identity. Whereas the the Green Lantern comics of of contemporary times <laughs> were very very much like like 1940s serials. Right. Like they had that kind of sci fi vibe to it. Whereas Flash, I think, is attempting to be modern and somewhat serious, which is unique for DC at the time. Mm-hmm. So, Flash Archives, Volume One. Okay. Do you have the second volume near you? I don't. Oh. Sorry. Speaking of rogues galleries. Yes. Speaking of rogues. Speaking, uh-huh. Hey, y'all. Speaking of a whole bunch of uh, villains. Yeah. I finished Tom King's Batman run. Oh, wow. And? I, re- I finished the last three volumes. One was called Something, and then the other two were City of Bane, part one and two. Oh. You would well, he likes his Bane, doesn't he? He loves his bane he loves non-realistic dialogue and bane those are his two favorite things oh so it was volume 11 was the fall and the fallen and then there were two bane parts two bane i don't think i've read any batman post the wedding i think that's as far as i've gotten right i don't really know how to talk about this because you would think city of bane there would be something about the villains taken okay so the villains have taken over the city They've taken over Gotham, but it's, it's everything about Tom King's run has just been like a, a tone poem. Am I saying that right? A tone poem, like poetry tone. Sure. The idea that like you're getting 
feeling and yeah. poetry through the art and writing more than you're actually getting a cohesive story. Like you see one scene where like Damien is like, I'm going to fight you and then turn the page. And it's just something non, not connected mm. to that. And then you go back and now Damien is just riding his bike off. So, and it's just like, well, what happened? You, you just, that's weird. There's always these like jump scenes because he's not telling that kind of story, but it's like, well, what, I this is this is not a type of writing I enjoy for the most part. I it's it's hard cuz Tom King, he's an interesting writer. He's done an interesting mm. run on Batman that stands very unique from everything else, but it's also hasn't been very good. I feel like the things I enjoy through his entire run, through all 85 issues is their moments or things there's like an issue in there like oh that was fun there's these concepts that you like but then when you're like oh wait but i also had to read like 12 issues with gotham girl and her <laughs> what was her brother's name oh yeah just, I, I don't even remember just you have to read that stuff and then you have to read just this whole like 80 pages of batman and catwoman being like i why do you run cat because why do you chase me bat because you run oh, cat. I remember because the you cat chase bat. me bat cat bat cat oh bat. just non-stop do you want to start an acapella group called the tone poems the tone Home poems, tones sure, maybe yeah. we need a few more guys yeah. but if you're willing uh, hello that's you hi. hello <laughs> no you got it wrong how Forget you doing it. i'm taking uh, the tone anyway, poems in another direction uh, i think i mentioned before that he also brought in thomas wayne batman oh Okay. Did I I mentioned this in one of the, the Thomas Wayne Batman is now in the DC universe and he's oh. he's not happy. Hmm. He, his goal is to stop Batman from being Batman. He wants Bruce to be happy and not right. depressed and being Batman. So he's doing yeah. everything. So like the whole breaking the bat idea is here. Boy, I am sick of seeing Bane break people's back. I mean, I get yeah. that he did it once. That he doesn't did. have yeah, to be his go-to move it's so no, crazy I think so the point is like the idea that gotham is being taken over by the villains i just don't understand how it's allowed by everyone else and <laughs> i don't under i don't really understand how batman has been beaten in these situations you know i think of like no man's land and they kind of went out of their way a bit too much to explain why other superheroes and the government aren't yeah. helping gotham in this situation and i just feel like they over explain it especially because if they had just waited 20 years we'd all be like yeah of course the government wouldn't help this city but with this i feel like i could have used an explanation of like where's any other superhero being like oh wait killer croc yeah. shouldn't be the police mm -hmm. <laughs> you know speaking of the flash where's the flash in this yeah um, call him up and so it just feels very Messy. I don't really feel like what he, he's trying. He goes for the same kind of thing that No Man's went for, except it's mm -hmm. Bane and now this evil Thomas Wayne. And it gets more focused in the second volume when it gets more focused about Thomas Wayne and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I just, I don't know. I guess when I saw the title City of Bane, I was like, sick. This should be exciting. Every yeah. time I I, talk, I get into something, like the whole war of jokes and riddles, I'm like, okay, sure. Riddler and Joker are going to be yep. duking it out. They're, they're at war because they're kind of similar, but they're not. Mm -hmm. And then you read it and like, oh, this is something different. It strikes me uh -huh. that Tom King is trying to be more mature than he thinks past Batman things have been. But it also mm. just becomes messy and boring. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. He's interesting. I mean, I for the most part, I... I, no, I don't even know if I liked 
if I could say I liked his Mr. Miracle, but I just thought it was interesting. Mm. But I don't know, 85 issues of Batman. And now he's doing the Batman Catwoman 12 issue series. But that's right, yeah. under the black label, I think. And okay. he's, he said it's kind of standalone. He's doing a bit of a Mask of the Phantasm. But if he thinks he's the first person I love the to Mask do of the Phantasm. Mask of the Phantasm, he's crazy. I'm sure yep. it'll just be more of like Bat, Cat, Bat, Cat, Bat, Cat. <laughs> Shut up. Gosh. <sighs> yeah, I'll uh, well, I'll let you know when I get there. I'm gonna I see... did read one other DC Comics thing, and that was Static Shock, The Rebirth of Cool by Dwayne McDuffie. Is this like uh, contemporary with the show? I don't really know where this falls, actually. I mean, this is a, the only Static Shock that I've read was the New 52 Static Shock, which was bad. This is actually Dwayne McDuffie who created the character for Milestone Comics, which right. DC now owns back in the day. When this I looked up the, the cover, it looked like it came out in 2001. The costume does, is rem, more reminiscent of the one you see in the show. So it must be. I mean, it, it must be connected in that way. Have you ever watched but, the show? No, not really. Because you've been really into, like, reading Static Shock stuff. But, like, that'd be like if all you've ever done is read the Batman Beyond comics. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, this series came out in 2001. January yeah. in September, through September 2001. So, yeah. So, I mean, I liked it. I actually thought this was, I was, like I said, I was underwhelmed with the New 52 stuff, but this is back with the original creator. I wish that the app had more static shock on. I wish it had more of the Milestone uh, titles. And I feel like DC's working on Milestone stuff, so maybe they'll start coming on the app more and more. Because this series wasn't on there when I read the New 52 static shock, and that wasn't that long ago. So this is this is a recent addition to it. It's a much better use of the character. I mean, back in the original creator's hands and everything. But all it really did was make me want to go back and find the 45 issues of static that came before this. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to do that someday, but so well, far I'm just reading what's available. There's 52 episodes of the cartoon out there if you also want yeah. to do that. Yeah. My wife loved that. I feel like I was a little like on the old side when that came out. 2000, I, I... 2000, no wait, hold on. I can do this. Okay. It was on from September 2000 to May 2004. So Yeah, so I mean that was like when I was graduating high school. A little bit after Batman Beyond showed up on the scene, but yeah. a little bit also before Justice League showed up. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a fun future episode where they brought Static Shock into the Justice League cartoon. That's cool. Um, yeah. All right, yeah, you're probably a bit too old for Kids WB at the time. You're probably like, yeah, but where's Teen WB? Although, but I loved the Batman, and that was even later, so. Yeah. Maybe I'm just fickle. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Fickle nickel. Did you read anything else, or are you, is that everything for you? I read three volumes of Tom King's Batman. That takes a lot out of okay. a person. Well, I was just trying to decide if you wanted me to talk about Shazam Family Giant, the Big Red Cheese, or not. I mean, I don't know if I do or not, but go ahead. Okay. Well, as you know, I'm a sucker for Shazam, always have been. And what I read here was a collection put together. I got this through drive Through Comics, which is a, a basically a digital comic shop. And uh, the mini comics line takes a lot of old public domain comics and cleans them up and puts them in these little collections. And they're, I mean, this was 99 cents. And it was 100 pages of classic like Shazam family stories. Mm -hmm. So I did really enjoy this. Shazam, I mean, when you're talking about 40s and 50s, it's really impressive how advanced I feel like those stories are. And this was just more of that. This ended up being primarily just Shazam stories, and I was kind of disappointed because I prefer like the them. Well, I prefer the Mary Marvel stuff, mm. and Junior was hardly in it at all. So I was a little disappointed with that. But 
they do a really nice job. I mean, they're black and white, but um, this when you look up scans, usually they're really in terrible shape. Mm -hmm. But this is nice and clear and and um, well put together. So yeah, if you're a fan of this kind of stuff, it's a great it's a great venue for it because you know I downloaded these hundred pages for a buck and now they are mine. So <laughs> I had a good time. I had a good okay. time with the big red cheese, and that's it as far as things that I've read. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I guess I watched two episodes of the X-Men animated series, but if you care about oh. that, you can just listen to previously on X-Men. Ah, you guys it. are back. Yeah. Because you, you, you were we gone We had a little while. bit of hiatus, but we did Logan, yeah. and now we did these episodes, and then yeah. we're going to do Logan. the Sentinels character spotlight and a little Christmas. You're doing a... I would argue that the Sentinels are not characters, but I'll... All right. Yeah, okay. you know what? I've gotten some pushback on the show. It's not It's not always easy, but... Wait, I, did I... you say you're... Did you say you're doing a Christmas episode? We, we're we're gonna cover like a Christmas comic that the X Men. Yeah, we've done a few. So I love it. A, uh, there's I love a Christmas I'm episode. Trying to pick one. There's the Kitty Pride has a classic one where she's like being yeah. chased by an alien monster on Christmas. Mm -hmm. So I remember that. Yeah. 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 So maybe that is cool. <laughs> just a quick. I one. guess next week. Next week will be our Christmas episode here on Comic Book Coffee Break. I, there's a Larflee's Christmas special. That I've been saving for just such an occasion. So uh -huh. I'll tell you about the yeah, Larflees Christmas special yeah. next week. Yeah. I pulled a weird one out of the quarter bin yeah, today. Are you, you did ready not for that? Pick a character that is. I don't know. I wouldn't let this kid. I wouldn't let this character babysit. So this is Plastic Man uh, number thirteen. Original cover price thirty cents. From the seventies. Nineteen seventy-six. It says, "You're dead, Plastic Man. I'm your exact double. Anything you can do, I can do better." Yeah. So he's Rubber so, Man. Right away, you're quoting Annie Get Your Gun, and I don't feel intimidated. But this was, this is maybe the strangest quarter bin pick I've ever done because I finished this, like rereading this, and I truly don't understand the tone that they were trying to go for. All I know is that they failed. So, so did you like Plastic Man when you were younger? Well, Plastic Man had his own show, oh, right. had an animated series um, where it was Plastic Man and a team, and they were. Kind of like PIs, uh -huh. and that was on sort of concurrently with Super Friends. Uh -huh. um, so that was that was really my introduction. And I had a I had a couple of uh, DC Comics like vinyl records that had songs and stuff, and there was Plastic Man songs and a uh -huh. Plastic Man story on it. Uh -huh. So that record is probably the reason why I liked Plastic Man as much as I did. Uh -huh. I've not read a bunch of Plastic Man, and reading this, uh, that streak is going to continue. Mm -hmm. He's a sight gag. I like his sight gags. Yeah, like in Justice League, even in Grant Morrison's Justice League, they'll they'll say something and like, oh no, what do we do? And like, Plastic Man has turned into a grandfather clock, and that's yeah. that's the only thing he's contributing to that panel. Yeah. I'm like, Haha. that's it. Anyway, yep. yep. All right, so this we start with Superman mm -hmm. flying through space towards the Interstellar Council, and sure. it's a good thing he's there because they're discussing wiping out Earth because they just feel oh, it's too gosh. primitive. And they're like, Superman, I mean, you're a Kryptonian. You know how primitive Earth is. And uh -huh. he's like, okay, well, yes, Earth is primitive, but not everything is bad. Before you do this, you need to come down and visit. Let me show you the good that mankind can do. So they agree, and they follow him to the Earth. He takes him to just an average place. They end up outside a grocery store. They go in. The aliens are intrigued by a large display of Hostess Cupcakes. It's an ad, baby. Uh, Superman scoops up all the Hostess 
they they start shoving the devil's food cake in their mouth and they say if earth can produce food like this it deserves to survive the grocer is demanding you know pay what? and superman <laughs> says bill it to clark kent they did that in a uh, the Hostess. dragon ball superman uh, the dragon ball super movie there was a uh, battle of gods and like the god is like wow earth food is great yeah yeah well maybe they got it from this now on to the main story plastic man if i kill me will i die we start in Amarillo, <laughs> Texas, and I, I don't, I, I offer no apology for this. I don't understand. We start in Amarillo, Texas, where Amelia Roost is given an award, a local award, for her hog call. It's the best hog call in Amarillo, Texas. Back at NBI headquarters, and no, I don't know what that means. Plas and NBI? the gang, NBI, Plas and the gang are planning a trip to Amarillo, a little R and R, but they're going undercover, so they're not recognized. It's decided that one guy will be uh, a trombone player. Plastic Man will be his trombone. And I'm just going to let that hang there for a minute. Cut to Amarillo. And we see a man Pucker up. playing playing <laughs> Plastic Man as a trombone. And he's just blowing and blowing, but no sound is coming out. <laughs> I'm not making it up. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. Here's the thing. His cheeks are puffed out and red, and they're like, why is no sound coming out? But so it doesn't wait. stop him. And then, then we run into Robbie Reed. Robbie Reed was the lead character from Dial H for Hero, but something is wrong. Something is going on. He is sort of in a trance-like state almost, and he is obsessed with this woman named Rachel Evans. Like, that's feels, it felt to me like he was, like, um, like hypnotized or something, and that mm. was just, like, he had this one-track mind. I don't know. Uh, elsewhere, Amelia Roos, the hog caller from the beginning, is practicing her hog call, and the noise kind of disrupts him and throws him off, and he seems to snap back into it for a minute. Oh, All right? no, not a hog call. I know. So, uh, so at this resort where they're at, trouble starts going up, and so uh, Robbie Reed, in this weird state, is like, oh, I've got to use my Dial H for Hero device. So he does it, and he turns into Mighty oh, yeah. Moppet. So he's just like a little, like a baby superhero, mm -hmm. yeah. but he's clearly evil. Like he's got a real evil vibe about him. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> Plastic Man is still a trombone and he sees the trouble happening, but he doesn't want to alert people to the fact that this man has been playing Plastic Man as a trombone the whole time. Uh -huh. So while they're looking elsewhere, he crawls out still as a trombone and comes in and they fight and he gets Robbie to stop. But then comes he becomes a trombone again because he doesn't want anybody to be like on to him that Plastic Man is there. So Robbie, meanwhile, is like, "What? Why? Why was I an evil baby superhero? What's going on?" While this is happening, he runs into Amelia Roos, the Hog Call champion, and he is so grateful to her for like snapping him out of it for a minute. But then he feels like maybe he's evil again, and he's like, "I love you. I want to marry you." And so they start making out. Very confusing. So Robbie's back. Uh, in the room and he's full on evil again and he's trying to settle on like a super villain persona and he settles on one and he goes and he fights Plastic Man and in this in the scuffle the Dial H for Hero device is like damaged and so when he picks it up he turns into Plastic Man for about a second and it's not really a thing okay so they're fighting Plastic Man versus Robbie Reed as Plastic Man meanwhile in the other room the hog call competition is going on and she does this super long hog call and for whatever reason, this wipes Robbie's mind of the programming or whatever he had. And he's back to normal, but he doesn't remember anything 
after he met this mysterious Rachel Evans, meaning he doesn't remember Amelia, doesn't remember that he professed his love and that they're going to get married. So she's winning the hog call competition, realizing that Robbie's not there and weeps. And Plastic Man and the gang get called back to headquarters because there's been enough fooling around. The end. Okay. And this is I, this is what you I would say an essential Plastic Man story. <laughs> I it's so weird because it's real. I don't know if they're like trying to revive the Dial H for Hero, but it gives you nothing. Like it right. really, really throws you in. Tonally, I could not understand. Like, is all this supposed to be funny? Is it absurdist? Is it serious? I really don't know. I really, really don't know. So hmm. all I know is that I don't like it. Do you remember your feelings about this when you bought it? This is one of the really old ones. And I think really I was just looking at the pictures more than anything else because I don't remember reading this story. Okay. Um, but I do. I remember it very clearly, like the two plastic men fighting. And I remember Robbie like changing in. So I think visually it is interesting to look at. Right. The story's nonsense, though. It's, this certainly did not make me want to... Like, the Commandy book and the New Teen Titans last week, even though it was real steamy, um, did make me kind of want to revisit those those yeah. runs. This yeah. makes me want to run from Plastic Man. Mm, yeah, well, so, usually I see Plastic Man, I'm like, no, I'm okay. I mean, True. the fact that you didn't get Weird Al to play a live-action Plastic Man is crazy. Vo he voices him, though, right? He voices him in the shorts? Does he? I know he voices Animal Man. Animal Man. I'm pretty sure there's a Weird Al Plastic Man okay, out there. Good. I'm pretty it sure. Makes sense. Do you have a Batman you do want to recommend this week? No, I've read three Batmans. I'm okay. Okay. There's a lot. Maybe, right. and we'll see how I feel about the three Jokers next week. All right. We'll so, see how yeah, it goes. We'll be talking three. I'll be talking three Jokers at least. I don't know what else. Okay. Uh, come, oh, hopefully the end of the Wicked and Divine, and then this uh, three Jokers thing. But Nick, Nick there's three Jokers. Oh, no. Yeah. Three Jokers and a baby. Like, is one of them Ted Danson? Is one of them Steve Gutenberg? Uh, no, but the baby is Jason Todd. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> okay. That's kind of cute. Is I actually have... I'm I'm on to some X-Men reading in my list. I was going to read Neil Adams, like, the first X-Men oh, yeah. thing. Because, uh, I don't know, you know, like, I'm sort of weirdly into those terrible Neil Adams... Uh, like, the ones he did for DC. The Superman one was fun. I think Coming of the Superman. The Batman one was truly well, horrific. Mean, the, but his yeah? his stuff with X-Men is held pretty highly. Like, as a writer, though? Uh, Well, it's when Roy Thomas shows up. Okay, this is, this is like a 2012 miniseries about Wolverine and Sabretooth being like a proto-X-Men team. Oh, the... Like, the first X-Men... Yes. Oh, yeah. never mind. Then. I was going to. No, I was that's gonna not read that. supposed to be any good. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't think so, but I feel like I've read all the DC ones, so like I have to. Okay. Uh, I was going to read that, and I was going to start Grant Morrison's new X-Men. What do you think? You think I'm going to like that? I do not know. It's one okay. I've recommended. I, in my youth, I recommended it to you. In my blind youth, when I didn't understand fully. Now, I would be. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I can't. I can't even make an educated guess. It's very oh, we'll see how I feel. different. You might think it's too weird. You might like it. Okay. How do you we'll do? You like Gene? Sometimes. I rem I'm pretty. I don't know because I think it's a cool Cyclops. You might not like his Cyclops. Mm -mm. I don't. It also it had a lot of rotating artists, and there. I remember one art just being awful. One one book's art being terrible. I guess we'll see. It's been a while since I've read Green Lantern, so I think I'm going to try some Green Lantern as well, back okay. for DC. Right. So, anyway. Yeah. Um, I wait with bated breath over your new X-Men read. Good. All right. Well, I'll let you know. In your Neil Gaiman Eternals run. 
Yes. Well, I've already mentioned my other Radio Meanwhile gig, 902 and Here We Go. We're in the midst of season four of 90210. But even if you're not a fan, you can drop in for the Christmas special, USS Christmas. You don't need any prior knowledge to enjoy the good time Kendra and I had talking about that bad Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Outside of the Radio Meanwhile Network, I'm the host of How's Things, the official podcast and radio show of the David A. Howe Public Library. We have a series of Christmas specials going on right now. So go over there and listen to that. I did an interview with Melody Carlson, who's one of my all-time favorite Christmas artists, mm-hmm. authors, Christmas authors. Yeah, writing is and, art. Uh, yeah, that's true. So that's coming up. So you can check that out. We had a good conversation. What about you, Eric? Where uh, can the world find you? Besides this, previously on X-Men, where we talk X-Men comics and everything. And yeah. I am going to make sure we have a good time on the Sentinel episode. We're going to talk good. about the history of the Sentinels and... That yes. means Nimrod. That means Bastion. That means Master Mold. That means Mother Mold. <laughs> I'll make sure to have a big, big old pot of coffee for that episode uh, for thank your co host. Yeah. And uh, then we're, I also am on 90s Music's Got Me Like, where we talk mm-hmm. a 90s song every episode. Last week was All Star. This week was uh, Losing My Religion. And we got a Christmas episode next week. I love Christmas episodes. That's exciting. Losing My Religion ties into 90210 quite a bit. Did you guys talk about that? We did talk about how, and uh, to quote nice. my co-host, Kendra, she said, Losing My Religion is the perfect song for a relationship like Dylan and Brenda because they are hmm. constantly losing their religion over each other. I'm going to have to check my uh, spam folder because I did not get an invite to guest star in that episode. I'm sure <laughs> it probably just went. It's fine. Don't worry well, about it. Well, you know, I'll, once, I'll uh, once Seal turned us down, I just didn't have the heart to try anymore. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. That makes sense. (laughs) Kiss from a rose. Oh, boy. That was Michael McDonald's. All right. Kiss from a rose. (laughs) All right. uh, That's it. (laughs) Have a good one, everybody. This was Comic Coffee Break. Sure was. Bye. (laughs) 